Auntie, Auntie Ein. Yeah. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> <laughs> the Auntie Ein Rand. Yeah. Let the, me the, the regenerative, uh, regenerative contrarian. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's a good title for Carol Sanford. Yeah, my grandfather called me the positive contrarian because he didn't, I didn't know the word. Uh, regenerative when I was 10 years old. So uh, I'm going to turn on light. Uh, mm. Alexa, turn on the ring light. Oh, that that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa. <laughs> I know. She'll probably answer you. Well, I can't. Alexa, Alexa <laughs> play Japana by Yoti Indi. Oh no, you got uh, you got earbuds in. Yeah, right. Uh, so so Alexa can't hear. Damn it! I was going to try and make your <laughs> Alexa do something. Well, it it happens all the time by accident. So anyway, did you see the uh, dialogue I was having in defense of you uh, on the talk you just put up, the Yita <laughs> Masters? I did. I like um. Yeah, I I because I look out for pings from you, and so I yeah. saw that. But I, I and it's really hard because um, I know when you're talking in there, because like LinkedIn's the only socials I do, but I do it minimal engagement and just yeah. for work. And but my rule is that I never ever ever engage with the comment section of anything. Like I just post stuff and I get the hell out. Like uh, yeah, you know, just so that I'm. Pretending to have a presence somewhere on the internet, but well, yeah. Used... But whenever I get a ping from you, like your name, I'm like, oh, I, I check it out. So I saw that. <laughs> yeah. I, I use the LinkedIn a little differently. I use it to disrupt the flow of dialogue, which yeah, yeah. I think is incomplete. Like a woman thinking uh, from an. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say? There's much of your verb noun languaging and an indigenous language which has no verb noun. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh. like, uh, I think uh, Robin Wall Kimra talks about that too. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, and there's that, uh, there's that, I don't know, there's that sexy idea that, um, that like uh, contemporary accounting and finance is, is noun based yeah um but if it was uh, following native american cultures it would be more verb based yeah, yeah. well it's true of a lot of things uh i mean i started studying linguistics some years ago and found how much the verb noun english language uh, uh causes us to see the world in splinter term the yeah. actor and the action and i was realizing right and so so i'm trying to get people to quit reading your and mine work from a, a language that fragments the world mm. and i know you see it not fragmented but you write it in english because you have to right yeah. to get out of the world but people don't understand how what they're missing when they can't think through another language. Yeah. I uh, I like um I don't know my thinking though. 
my thinking isn't in isn't in like pure whatever that is traditional language my thinking's right. in like a pastiche right um you know so it's the traditional grammar and it's lots of words and phrases and relations but then um uh, i don't know i'd say at least 60 percent of it would be just uh like creole or creolized kind of right. pastiche kind of thing and then maybe 10 percent standard english <laughs> in yeah. there, well, you know if i describe my thinking um but that that changes with moods too you know because well, when i'm changes. up sometimes I, sometimes i'm thinking you know purely in traditional language but then i might switch across to um to italian sometimes which I can only speak semi-fluently if I'm either drunk or in like a, <laughs> in a heightened state. <laughs> yeah. The rest of the time I'm like, uh, 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 and I can't remember it because it was like 20 years ago I studied that yeah. language. Mm. Well, the, the key is that you had learned a way of seeing the world. And so you don't even mean the same thing by some English words. You see yeah. a different image in your head. Uh, someone it. who never never had a traditional language, which was not Latin based, uh, cannot see the same thing you're seeing. But and your grandfather told you about that, though. He did. You, Mohawk grandfather, and, and Mohawk he, he told you about language, eh? He did, and I then studied it and noticed I've written quite a bit about the effects of language learning on our worldview. Uh, and I see it all the time on LinkedIn, where the word competition didn't really exist until Darwin. And after the uh, creation of the idea of survival of the fittest, mm. that concept didn't exist in English language. Neither did the word environment, where environment is what's outside of us. And so now, all living systems are what we live or serves us. And so people don't understand. And I can see that doing that, that wonderful description you were giving of the fishing and the flower and that they weren't getting it. So I didn't uh, help. <laughs> I yeah. didn't help. I don't know. That made sense to me. And I felt it like to me the too. way that story went that, but you could see it went in for some people, like the yeah. the person that was hosting the podcast, yeah, seemed to have the capacity to Abs to get it. But then you hear you see comments from some people in the chat down aside during right. the the meeting, um, or the presentation or whatever the hell it was. What was it? That Gita Masters series, right? Mm. And ah, you know, <laughs> and I thought, well, if I start with the flower. You know, <laughs> you know there's that works. old song from the old days to 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 make a table. You need wood to get wood. You need a uh, you need a tree. You need a tree. You need a seed to get a seed. You need a flower or, or something like that. And you even um, need a life bed for the flower and the tree to live in. They don't yeah. live in isolation. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, life shed. So I, I, I see like, so I, I like go, well, so that's how they see that sequence, you know? Yeah. And it's it's just utility from flower to table. You know what I mean? In a, quite a straight I line. Do. I was thinking, what if I start with, you need a flower? What if I start yeah. from a flower and I work my way out through the whole system and all of the signals and informatics that happen with the colors yeah. and the smells and the one thing triggering another thing with you know, one insect moving in when they see that color and another one following that one. And then the little animals that follow that. And then the game trails that happen. And then the carnivores leaving their scat to, to direct the game trails. <laughs> and, and and then that shaping the waterways and then that shaping where the bees go and, and everything else. I, I thought if I could um, if I could show that, but then how that works into the biocultural yeah. side of, of, of living, you know, and governance um, yeah. and trade. And then if I like expanded that out, uh, you know, anyway, it, 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 it went for some, anyway, yeah. I'm not here to talk about me. I know you always want to talk about me. <laughs> I do. You know, I'll be around to talk about me for at least another five or 10 years. You, 
oh. it's more urgent and i can i can listen properly to you this time because I, I won't be spending the whole yarn just you know like coming to grips with mortality and 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 yeah. and, and, and and sort of grief and all that sort of thing i'll, I'll just be able to uh, listen properly so what i want to listen about i want to dive deeper into your book if you want to unless you're sick of talking about it but it's no. coming out when does it come out september 7th september and 7th so about for six weeks yeah and they uh what they call it the pre-sale will start august one okay all right sweet yeah nice and i i love this book i love its intention this kind of where I've culminated is it got a lot of linguistics in it. Yeah. Uh, how language plays out. So. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, of course it does. But it's it's a lot of, I don't know, it's a lot of psychology or at least critique of psychology too. You know, yeah. particularly the psychologies of um, of coercion. Yeah. Yeah. The behaviors who are created false premises for us to build psychology on the idea that humans have no inner processing and no ability to see inside themselves. Uh, it's, and that only external uh, people can tell you what's going on. That makes it easy to be coercion, your yeah. word, because it's all external. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing the book's a lot about is epistemology, mm-hmm. how people learn. And because of that idea that people are always conditioned from outside, they can't condition themselves. Uh, you get a, an epistemology or way of learning that always comes from others. Mm-hmm. You never can know about yourself and you can't examine ideas and come to your own conclusion. Mm. So it's a lot about that too. Well, especially when the language is also directing you that way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, why did you say that? Well, what because you, you, you started out talking about language, but then I made you change the subject. Okay. <laughs> so I'm trying to loop back and be a good listener. Oh, okay. and, uh, get you back on the track of what you wanted to talk about. Well, and, I want, I don't have something particularly to talk about, but what I believe uh, is important in conversation learning nowadays is noticing how much we can't see how we really work. Uh, we don't have uh, we don't have a, a way of being in school or family or community, and the decolonizing is even taking it out of traditional communities, mm. we don't have a way of having conversation conversations about how we're creating our own, my, our own view, our world mm. view. And one of the reasons your book was a gift was in its subtitle, which was, Can Indigenous Ways Save the World? Mm. You know, and they only can if we can teach all humans to be able to observe how they're interpreting and how much and then of course the language is related to that but that's a longer story it's hard you have to build a lot Mm. because the language language is kind of buried Mm. you can't see it we can't see its effects i just think that that the problem with that idea of that being able to save the world is that I can't see a, a soft landing or a smooth transition for that one. It would require a massive leap of faith in which the first yeah. 50 million people to do it w- would die and be crushed beneath the weight of this <laughs> hierarchical, you know, coercive, um, competitive dynamics-driven system. You know, you're talking about, like, uh, internal locus of control before. Right. You know, Um but my native Alaskan brother there, um, Arlo Davis, and I talk about this a fair bit, and we 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 talk about the way in uh, Yupik cultures and the same in Aboriginal cultures here, you know, 
we have an external locus of control, you know, because right. emotions are nature. Emotions are part of the informatics of your landscape and therefore are part of your group dynamics. So emotions are uh, not even triggered, but elicited in us by others around us. So, you know, for us, it's like, you know, that no good cousin makes me wild. <laughs> you know what I mean like he makes me angry it's not like I choose to be angry in response to his poor behavior which is more on that sort of uh neoliberal self-managed self-management um you know good neoliberal subject kind of you know self-help um personal development kind of um narrative in the way some people use it you know the way a lot of people use it in a way that it's that's the way it's it's leveraged by the powerful you know to to make us self-oppressing people um yeah but what we talk about is like that works in like confucianism and our way it works in in a society and you know that is land-based in a society that is not grounded in competitive dynamics and that is n- not dominated by hierarchies oh, of, yeah. of people of bad faith <clears throat> and therefore not dominated by the informatics of people of bad faith. Because when that happens, it is not good to have an external locus of control. You can't be truly human or truly biotic, you know, with a completely internal locus of control. but you need an internal locus of control in order to survive this um this civilization so you know it's 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 going badly for us and native alaskan and also native australian and all all over the world you know it's going badly for us um you know having this cultural orientation of an external locus of control in a world that is not survivable without being master of yourself master of your domain (laughs) you know so um so so we need stuff that's transitional you know we need transitional things like what you're saying you know what i mean to be able to um start to unravel and undo you know the the stimulus response sort of hijacking of external loci of control you know um we need to be able to hijack that and uh sabotage that at the same time as um developing healthier internal locuses of control you know in the interim the interim might be 500 years you know so we need something solid you know i see that in your work like i see a culture of transition you know um that we need yeah well i think there's one big shift that i'm talking about which is different than most people. They think about working one-on-one with each person. Mm. And that way, uh, hundreds do die because you have to get built up to something. I believe you have to work with systems. Like the reason I go work with the whole company or did was mm. because then everyone shifts uh, and you have something else from to pay attention to uh, as a whole. So they together redesign. And in many cases, like now, I run online 22 companies at one time. That's when. uh, So if you work with individuals, you'll never get there. There's no bridge. Mm. But if you work with systems and you say, hey, I can show you how to make better money and to do a way you don't destroy the earth. But it's going to require developing people. And that's that's the other thing. People are missing. They're missing the system Mm. need. But they're missing the development of human. Um, In my philosophy, um, I believe that humans are born pretty incomplete. It's Mm. like we aren't developed. Uh, You know, most animals stay with their mothers until they're a lot older than humans do. Mm. And so humans don't really learn to use their mind or their emotion. They're at the mercy of it. And yeah. that's why it's like, uh, 
behaviorism gets away with what it does. Because mm-hmm. everything you said is true. We're unable to manage our emotions with the mercy of them. And we submit to people who have more power in that arena. Why don't we have every school system and every business developing people capacity to manage their own being? We have nothing that doesn't know. Well, Ram Dass Foundation, uh, Sri Aurobindo, uh, there are some spiritual communities which try and do that. But there are no institutions. And so I write for institutions. I go work with institutions. So everybody moves at once, not the good people, some people, uh, because you can't do it by trying to move individuals. I think you have to move system. Mm. That's the bridge. Mm. But that only works for people in communities that are spread out. You know, what do you mean spread out? Well, most of the people in Australia live in cities. You know? And yeah. for, I mean, on this continent, and I'd say it's the same on every other continent, if you're in a city where everybody's just stacked up on top of each other, then, um, you know, individual individual kind of you know liberty freedom you know individual choice um that needs to be curtailed in those situations or the city will implode you know for example with public health you know if you're all in a city and there's a pandemic then you want to wear your freaking mask whether it's your personal choice to or not (laughs) you know what i mean however if the communities are spread out a bit then you got choice in your communities, you know, like, so over the two years of COVID, like the, the, um, the least affected communities were remote Aboriginal communities who chose to, yeah, the ones that chose to close, because you can do that. They chose to close the communities off to the outside world and quarantine for a year. Right. You know, and so, you know, while everybody else is like, you know, choking on their own blood in our you know, remote Aboriginal communities, yeah, got off scot free, no COVID deaths. You know, uh, did really well for a long time. Had the had the best out, uh, outcomes in relation to COVID to the 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 rest of um, rest of the population. You know, so being spread out, you 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 can have uh, yeah. If your population is spread out and embedded in the landscape, it's possible to have more individual freedoms. Um, Although you are compelled within that to be, you know, relationally constrained within your communities as well. And, you know, you need all all that community, if they decide, no, we're masking up, then you got to mask up, you know, because that's something you all decide collectively together. But you've got a small enough population to do that properly in good faith. But in a big city, um, you know, you have to have one size fits all public health uh, measures in the same way that you have to have one size fits all policing measures. I mean, in an ideal world, it's not one size fits all though, is it? It's, it's a, it's a two, two tier, (laughs) two speed system, that one, you know? um, Yeah. For the different classes and and ethnicities of people that are around, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, individual freedom in cities. Is it possible? I don't know. I I don't work on that. I work on developing capability of people, not taking them like they are. I think the reason we can't move is we keep trying to do it to the level of policy. And policy is what you're talking about. I don't don't think you change. You're having to push and push, or you pull people together, as you say, or are together. I'm talking about a transition plan you asked for, mm. uh, which starts with developing people who are not subject to uh, the vagaries of governing or racism. Or mm. uh, and if you only try and move them around with policy or with a different way of doing, I don't think you ever get there. Yeah, that's why cities don't work. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, they don't. They don't with undeveloped people. If yeah, you. I look at all the cities I grew up in, and I grew up in the country when I was very young, and there was a development of people, but not in the direction that made them favor a larger whole. They were uh, developed to be compatible mm. with the other people who were there. But when I was in school or church or family, I was never taught how to think mm. and how my mind worked. And when I went, I had a very few jobs in my life. I couldn't keep a job because I kept wanting people to do something different. I would start with schools and I would work on having every child be able to think for themselves and mm. be in dialogue and conversation in an institution. And I would try and get schools to learn to think more completely, not how to manage people toward particular practices or particular uh, policy, but only asking me, me, Carol, think about the effects of everything I do, mm. the effects on people around me. That's external considering. Uh, and I think until we're able to go back to, we have the wrong mind at work. All of us have the behavioral mind at work. All of us have, we have to do something from outside. Even what you were just describing is all outside to try and move people. Mm. I'm talking about working so inside people, they all are thinking together and in the school system and that job, they're mostly learning the effects of their choices and their actions on them and everyone else, mm. not trying to get the best policy. They all agree on that behaviorist answer. And that may be shocking to you, but nearly all, all policy is behavioral. Mm. How do we get people to agree? Because mm. we can't let people do anything for themselves. Yep. And so I'm am answering a question about freedom, but freedom only comes when we don't have rights and wrongs, when we don't have, we have attention to how our thinking is creating who we are. Hmm. I'm sorry, I'm losing breath a little while. That's I all right. Too long. Well, look, I, it's, you know, th there's a reason why, why all these systems and institutions are behavioral because, um, you know, the, the extreme right, uh, you know, extremely good long-term planners and they have yeah. a lot of they because they're driven by hate and the desire for power. They they have more energy <laughs> than the rest <laughs> of us do. So you know, um, you, you know, you might you might get more liberal policies in place, but these um these are always just flashes in the pan because more liberal no. people get on with their life and they get on with loving and being in the community and all this sort of thing. Next minute they turn around. Look what the changes that you're talking about in schooling. If you did that even just in one school, in one region, within five minutes, there'd be a massive backlash from the school board in your country, you know, and <laughs> suddenly there would be a, um, you know, Mums for Liberty person jumping up yeah. and seizing the chair and taking over and turning it into a shouting match and they'd be back to basics and they'd be burning books in no time at all. Because everybody understands that um, school is the thing. Everyone understands, like you, that yeah. you know, if you want change in the long term, you gotta you gotta start with education. But everybody knows that, which is what makes it a side of struggle in Western right. democracies. You yeah. know, it's 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 not a it's not a side of struggle in autocracies because they got that locked down. <laughs> you know, but it's a side of struggle in Western democracies because everybody understands that he who holds the curriculum holds the holds the future and holds the policy and holds the everything you know um so this is why the culture wars that's the front line schooling is always the front line and the children are just collateral damage in this war and yeah. evil will always win in that because the rest of us are not prepared 
to see our kids as collateral damage, you know, in these skirmishes and in these battles. So we, um, you know, we refuse to throw them on the pyre. We pull back from the brink there. And that's why the, that's why the behaviorists and the coercive bastards always win because they, they hold that, you know, we can have seasons of, of liberal education, seasons of, you know, good thinking, critical thinking, you know, um, you know, self-reliance, whatever you want to put there. We can have seasons of that, but they don't last long. They get they, oh. they get steamrolled by a juggernaut of um, you know, horrendous back to basics programs and, and just soul-destroying uh, you know, conformity drills, which of course is distilled from the, you know, the animal husbandry techniques back in the mid to late <laughs> 1800s that I like I'm fond of talking about in yeah. my conspiracy theory and disinformation it's disinformation because I mean while it's true it's not the only story that's out there about education and if right. you just focus on that sort of Prussian coercive you know command and control preparing a populace for you know a system of nations and industrialization you know, if you only focus on that story, then it's wrong story and you're cherry picking the facts because there's a better story out there for education too. Like, yeah. what, have, what have you seen in your life? Like you must have had to be the person you are, you know, you must have found some education somewhere where you were able to think that was coming down from something else, from yeah. some other source. You must have had a blip there. What was well, that story? Uh, all right, so I'm going to answer question a little differently. I've never worked on a school alone right. because I believe I always work on businesses because they they yeah. can change the whole community. That's and I work on them with schools yeah. and with uh, systems that are for governance. And so I always work on a life kit. And we have in many cases, let me tell you, and you know in my new book, I use the example of what happened in South Africa. We didn't work on trying to remove racism. We worked on trying to build the Joburg, Johannesburg uh, region, which was had over 100 schools in it uh, and had many companies, including Colgate, Palmolive. Mm. But we worked with all their suppliers uh, and with all the schools and with the building governing council, all at the same time, governing mm. councils. And we didn't try and tell them how to change. All we did was teach them a different way to think, how their mind worked, and let them use all those ways of thinking to come up with new ways of educating. And we had... Uh, the black population and uh, black citizens had been forbidden to go to school mm. for over a hundred years. Yep. And so we had a kind of fresh uh, palate. But the major thing was we put them all to work, including the schools, and redefining how the governance would work. Mm. And so the kids were doing value-adding process education, which meant they would in one school find out what they were going to contribute to the community. And all the education took place around growing vegetables and selling them into the market or yeah. defining ways to repair tin roofs and dirt floors. And all the education wasn't about... It was... Uh, it wasn't about what to do and what to know, but how to think about how you serve a community, become a part of a value-adding process. And the people who were in Colgate did a lot of work with suppliers and their schools. Uh, and so if you try and go teach something that has a, and uh, whether it's right or left, leaning, you're going to create a mess if you say, how does this school district want to contribute to the community? Now we're going to teach you how to do the thinking 
decide what you want to deliver. And the schools build businesses with women uh, for, uh, well, with the first one was oral health. So the women's cooperatives were producing something for the community. If you do it to education separately, mm. it doesn't work. Mm. But if you're building something, now learning becomes valuable to everyone. And you can teach them the different ways of learning and the effects on your outcomes. Yeah. So you have to do a system thinking education, not critical thinking mm. skills mm-hmm. as most people know. When Billy to see how to build a community, a community so yep. everyone thinks better. Am I making any sense? You are, because I, I always agree with you, like that exclusive <laughs> focus on critique, you know, deconstruction, yeah. you know, discourse, <laughs> all that sort of thing, and, you know, the, the sounds of fairness. Um, and you know the centering of voices and stuff like that. It's it frustrates yeah. me because it's it's post structural, and it's like no yeah. no no. You need to you need to look at the structures. <laughs> yeah. You need to look at the yeah. structures. And like you say, it's more of a holistic analysis. It's more of a holistic intervention, but it has to be completely holistic. And see, there's a yes. place for critique. Yeah. There's a place for critique because the one thing that was missed there in your systemic intervention there was um was justice no the well you look at it 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 it, you did so all of the parts of that worked but in terms of justice for there they had the truth and reconciliation commission you know which was about the fields it was just like there was to be no retribution there was to be no accountability people right. just had to admit what they didn't say sorry there was to be no redistribution of wealth that was ripped from the people and right. land you know for i agree people. with that one you know so there was no justice there you know and i don't know so at the same time as critique is valuable they kind of shot themselves in the foot by just approaching it with this discursive bloody you know um feel good you know fairness approach which yeah really really upset me because that i know i'm not from there and it's none of my business but it kind of is because everything it's everything exactly because after that happened then you had all that white capital flight out of south africa yeah you know half of them left like the ones who had money anyway and they ripped all the capital out of that country so everything that you set up of course, that's going to collapse inwards with increasing poverty, and nobody's got any capital. And you know, it's going to be struggle for decades there because all these bastards they got a first class ticket out of there, and they came here, Adi. Yeah, they came here, those bastards, and they're like, uh, you know, I keep running into them all the time. Or oh, I'm a political refugee. Are you, Yanni? Are you a political <laughs> refugee? Are you a yeah. refugee? How long did you spend in the detention center? Because most people spend three to seven years in there in hell. How long did you serve? What detention center? I've never heard of such a thing. No, of course you haven't, Yanni, because you got a green light straight through to the front right. of the line. You know, you got a pass from our racist government organized by your government right. in exile to bring right. you across here after you just got like a little bit of public shaming for five minutes as retribution for the whole thing. And then you got to rip all the blood, diamond, blood, sweat, tears, slavery, floggings, segregation, death, apartheid, butchery. You got to bring all that over here. And then now they they come and they sit on our reconciliation boards for indigenous reconciliation. And they want to bring a truth and reckon, oh, we'll tell you how we did it in South Africa, truth right. and reconciliation. And then you wouldn't believe how many, you know, because, um, you know, you have reconciliation action, action plans and stuff for governments, regions, businesses, institutions. They all have these reconciliation action plans. You wouldn't believe how many South African bastards are sitting on the top of that, bloody, you know, giving us a truth and reconciliation model. No, I don't want that, Arnie. I need right. no, me either. And justice yeah. isn't just going to come from 
you know, just us. It's not going to come from like centering our fabulous indigenous voices. It's not going to come from promoting some of us and and like, you know, um, listening and and changing the language and and being respectful. It's not just going to come from that. There needs no. to be, you know, my father worked his whole life and didn't get paid because his wages were held back by the government as so many people of that generation were, yeah. Aboriginal people, because they couldn't be trusted with their own wages because they just drink it. So the government held it in trust, but they didn't keep it in trust to give to them like a massive 401k or superannuation uh -huh. at the end of their life. They didn't do that. They used that to develop the infrastructure, the roads, the highways, everything else that will facilitate commerce for everybody but us because we're excluded from the economy. So my generation inherits no capital because there hasn't been any, you know. Right. So how about a bit of redistribution? Thank you. Since we paid for your all your infrastructure that supports all of your business and everything else, since we paid for that with our sweat, can we have it, please? Can we get some back? Can you give us like a little bit? And, and not programs, please. Arnie, don't give right. me your education program. Put the money in my account please right. if you want oh. some economic stimulus i tell you there's nothing nothing better than put giving a whole heap of money to a bunch of murray's we shop murray's Bumapuris, we be shopping Artie. we get out there we shop i tell you i tell you we it would <laughs> stimulate the economy like no one's business and there would be no inflation coming out of it because right. that would that would only be like two percent of the population spending so there wouldn't be cash flooding the whole zone yeah so you're not going to get inflation the best thing you could do for australia's economy to stimulate it would be to um you know actually do the smart thing and invest in your least marginal population that built this country for you for free you yeah. bastards same same <laughs> south africa they missed that boat because they were too busy on the feels and feeling the justice you know there's nothing speaks justice better than a bunch of zeros in your bank account. You know, that, uh, that's what justice looks like. <laughs> justice uh, looks like not having to live in a tin shack, you know, in a massive goddamn shanty town, because yeah, that's all you've right. got. Because all the wealth's been ripped from your country. Anyway, I could keep going, but this upsets me. Every time I hear I a South tell. African accent, I want to like start swinging this big boomerang year round yeah well I, uh, I i see the same thing you see at a policy level <laughs> we we it has been shown hundreds of times they give money money directly to people who can invest it for themselves something great happens without inflation uh you're missing one thing though uh the major thing I see is building the future, and I hope I'm right. I could be wrong. Uh, is that we had we affected about five hundred thousand Black Africans being able to build their own businesses mm. and build their own capital. Mm. Uh, who I'm still in touch with many of. Uh, yep. We we didn't succeed yet at the level you are seeing. No, but without that, South Africa, like Johannesburg would be in bloody flames right now. Yeah. So you're lucky yeah. that was there. Yeah. Yeah. That offset so, the, the, the capital flight. Yeah, uh, exactly. And these were, I mean, there were a few white Africa, Africaners, but most of them, as you said, they weren't in our group, at least left the country. And Australia was the only place that let them uh, land. Uh, but I do know that those, uh, jo not just Johannesburg, but Alexandria and Soweto, the two big townships, are filled with thriving businesses that mm. no longer feel like they're dependent on the governor's nice. mercy. Uh, and what uh, they tell me when I check in is they're building other businesses using the same kind of process we use, which included schools. And as they say, they can't do that to us again, mm. like they shut us out of education and business because we built our own infrastructure, yeah. our own capacity. So 
I believe that that's going to make a difference. But I think it does prove something you're saying, which is uh, a whole bunch of people will die in the process of getting from here to there. That's it. Uh, I, I know um, it, it, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way through without that collateral damage and suffering. Well, because that would just I'm be another sure. turn of the wheel, another revolution. And power loves that stuff. Power yeah. loves it when we all die off at the bottom because, um, yeah. you know, power can then deploy its crisis capitalism stuff and vulture but, capitalism stuff and scoop in and uh, buy up the real estate at cents in the dollar and then gentrify the hell out of it and um, make a killing. They love that stuff that reinforces and retrenches them into their place. So the people who stayed for a bit in South Africa, the, 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 the white people stayed there. They didn't stay for good because a lot of them came uh, back here after they did a whole yeah. heap of um, feel-good stuff there. Like I've seen um, democracy models, like little yeah. democratic, you know, sharing kind of models for for proper proper discourse, um, you know, good faith discourse. Um, yeah. I've seen them bring that over here and I've had to attend those workshops just sitting there trembling with rage while they're sharing all these stories of all these, uh, you know, these natives who, who, uh, you know, they listened to us and they finally saw our point of view, you know, um, and then we saw their point of view and we could see each other and meet in the middle. It's like, no, Katinka, I don't want to hear that from mm. you. You know, don't come here with that. You, you're he still here. So it must not have worked out too well there for you. You're still scared enough to flee to Australia with all your millions of dollars and then come and deliver workshops for me. I don't want to hear it. Um, anyway, sorry. I've still really, I'm, I'm going to be wild about this forever because they make well, me I'm wild. Not. They make me I wild out because I've got an external locus of control. No, right. <laughs> I hope you're not because I believe our consciousness is very, very important. You can't change a field with anger uh, yeah. and you can't change it with uh, uh, being a race of people who don't know better. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, what I, I believe is human work is to work on consciousness. Because if we work from rage, we only pile more manure and mm -hmm. wood and all this stuff on the pile. So when people hear you, Tyson, especially given how much you're respected, I fear they lose faith and they lose hope mm. uh, because without us being able to say uh, there is a way out. And I do believe I have a way out. I'm not perfect, but uh, I have I faith in that. humans if we can uh, develop them, but we have to start with us. Mm. And it took me a long time to get over my rage. Uh, you know the story of my father, who was yeah. uh, a very, a very not nice man, and mm. I was enraged at him for years. Uh, and then I found a way to go work and undo some of what he had done, mm -hmm. but not from being angry, but mm. being being. I mean, it has to have some love in it somewhere and some consciousness. Or you're, you're right. Your concerns will win. It's really you and I sit here uh, really trying to make sense out of a crazy world from two worldviews. The, the funny thing is uh, I demand and expect of you as a, an indigenous being who came up from earth, up from community, mm. uh, to keep finding the way through um, and not give up. This is where we ended last time, right? Mm. Uh, and so. Yeah, well, we need to push through this time. Because this, what I want to know is um, with your father and finding that love, what. Was there a moment of some kind of justice? 
before well, that happened something to level the field so you're coming in equal relation so it's not an no. asymmetrical relation where he's just no, going to use I'm... that love to get his foot in the door and and jam it in your butt you know it bad people do that you know you can't just like sit there and turn the other cheek and give him your cloak as well and hope everything will work out for the best because you know i spent half my life doing that and throwing my love around the world like pearls before swine and 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 just had my my gut stomped into the ground you know in this place it's i um, didn't get it from my father it's not one to one okay i got it uh i got it from Changing the way a lot of other people were doing what he was doing, but uh, uh, but I helped a whole lot of different people uh, see the world differently. That was the justice. Uh, you can't work justice. pushing on the yeah. same person. Yeah, yeah. You take a, a hundred thousand bastards like like him and reform them. And this well, I didn't think there. of it. They weren't bastards. <laughs> they were undeveloped people who couldn't yeah. see what they needed to see. So yeah. I, I did do that in South Africa a lot in Greece and other places where people had been oppressed. Mm. We worked on the culture in which all of them sat. And mm. that gave justice not directly to me. I have to come in not wanting something for me, mm, mm. wanting something for something greater and developing people who would have continued to be like my father, but mm. they changed deeply. And I had to change first. If I brought my anger and rage and fear in a lot of cases in, I was useless. I had no way. So the love had to replace you know, the rage first before you could be effective, or I think, yeah, for okay, me well, that was do it. How did you do it? I prayed a lot. I meditated a lot. I went to a lot of spiritual communities. Uh, my grandfather helped a lot because he taught me Mohawk ways of what a, a tribute and a trial look like in a Fair Mohawk enough. community. So in a Mohawk community, when someone did something wrong. Uh, they took themselves to the council mm. and they uh, were asked questions to help them understand why they had done what they did. They mm. were not told what they'd done. They were asked questions. And then they were asked, what would make it right again? Mm. And the person came up with their own, uh, they didn't call it punishment. I've forgotten the words. It was a beautiful Mohawk yeah, yeah. word. But if you said, here's what I believe I should do that would repair my soul. Yeah. And so that person went to a council and uh, healed themselves. Hmm. But that's a very different way of governing. But I had to figure out how to do that. Hmm. I figured out how to do that in companies where no one is punished from outside, they do what, what is called a promise beyond ableness mm. to do something which will make it great for a customer or stakeholder. And they take, take the energy to learn to do that. And it's a contribution to the company. It's more complicated than that. Mm. But the idea is you take full responsibility without someone judging you. The mm. behaviors model has taken that away. Mm. Where we don't uh, examine ourselves. And we there's a way to design that. that when it happens in a company, it starts to happen in a school. And it starts to happen as a player. And so you spread it by changing a company and its ability. But, uh, if I go in angry, which is easy for me to trigger too, and I see what the company's been doing to its people mm. or, its, or its community, mm. I can't help. Mm. I have to not judge them. Uh, you feel that anger when you start? No, not anymore. No? I did. I did for my first 
I don't know, 20 years in uh, as a working company, I went in to fix them, not mm. to develop them, allow them to evolve themselves. Mm. It's a big shift. It starts with me mm. and you. Mm. Usually 20 years breaks a person. So you see so many influencers who like were in a job like finance or something like that or government right. for 20 years and then they couldn't take it anymore. So they stopped and started up a ayahuasca retreat business or something. Well, yeah, but like so many of them are always like, uh, oh, I'm a recovering marketer. Um, uh, you know, or, or something, yeah. so, uh, something like this. But they aren't a recovering marketer. No, they, they left. They left. They didn't develop. They did that not. Stuff. They couldn't right. lose their anger. So that's All right. Uh, exactly. That's what and I, I need to do in this academy, maybe. I do. I fear that for you. If yeah. You are such a gifted thinker, being creator, writer, storyteller, mm. but your anger makes it hard. For people who you want to change to join you. Yeah. I don't think I could hear that from anybody else in the world except you. Yeah. Oh, God, that's true. Uh, I'm not ready to take that on board yet. Maybe I am. You don't have to. But think about it mm. every day. It's true, what though. What part of me? Well, mm. how does my anger... Uh, and it also was making you ill. It is making you troubled with what you pay attention to. And I think it's part of a bipolar diagnosis. Hmm. Well, I want you without drugs to be so clear because the white man's medicine yeah. is not what's wrong with you. You don't have to. Well, I have, I have, I have white man's pathologies. Yeah. You, know, you do. I have, I have white men's like, you know, pollution in my blood. You know, uh, I don't know, a lot of causes for that. I've had it my whole life, not just like, yeah. you know, recently. It's, you know, my first suicide attempt was when I was nine years old. There's a lot of factors contributing to that. Yeah. It, it, not the least of which was fetal alcohol syndrome. Um, yeah. You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's yeah. a lot of stuff comes into that. And, you know, there's some... Um, you know, there's there's damages that get done to your system that can't be cured by positive thinking or chanting with a freaking drum. You know, no, it, it can't no, be cured no. by bush medicine because there's no bush no, medicine for these things. No. You know, it's um, you know, bush medicine works if you've grown up your whole life in the bush, and if you're living in the bush and you're eating, no. you know, you you're you're using those plants in the right season and living in the spirit of that region. No. And also eating the seasonal foods available in that region, which exactly. make, make the bush medicine optimally bioavailable. This is why I know natu naturopathy is rubbish, you know, because you can't just distill an essence from a plant and then, you know, ship it off to another corner of the globe and right. have that in isolation from that place and time and life and spirit, you know. Bush medicine works like that. And uh, I don't know. When I'm living in the bush, that's that's fine. My my, you know, what they call mood disorder, that's um that's not a problem when I'm living in the bush and living in community. Right. You know, right. so there's been like, you know, more than half my life where I've, you know, that that's like uh you know, the land gives you places to channel all of that stuff into that are productive you know it's you wake up in the morning and you look around you and the land directs you from everything from the smallest ant to the you know the biggest megafauna and tree everything flowers uh people around you especially family everything in country directs you to what you need it's yeah. not always what you want but it is always what you need and when you're there and living that yep all of that works it doesn't go away. The damage and the pathology doesn't go away, but you are moving, you know, on a track that's made for you. And, you know, your grandfather would have experienced this and you yeah. would have experienced it in your moments of being with him uh, on the land. Yeah. And let me also say this, if you were Australian in that same situation, 
you would be an indigenous person, by the way. The only reason yeah. you're not classified as indigenous is because of the soft eugenics of your of your Turtle Island there. Yeah. You know, the soft eugenics policies that uh, has this idea of purity um, and racial hygiene that um, you know precludes you from just being a mongrel indigene like me. Yeah. You know? And that's the only thing. That's the only thing that separates us. But you know, I don't care what the colony classifies us as you know it's like you just are what you are and yeah. you're uh, you're somebody's granddaughter yeah and you know and that's how you know what you know and that's how you know you say development and personal development but and you know an undeveloped person becoming developed but what you're really talking about there is bringing people into right relation which is yeah. something you understand from your grandfather right. i and, do and from your land I also think that you may be able to be in right relationship better with your being with me as you work on the weight. I think it can rewire your brain. At least my grandfather, my my sister was very ill all her life. She was not only bipolar and attempted suicide six times, mm. uh, but she uh, constantly harmed herself. And uh, my grandfather always said, if he could have had her come uh, be with him, I was the only one who got to be there because I was older and I was healthy. Uh, he could have re he believed they would have rewired her neurology. Yeah. And so we didn't get to check that out. Mm. But I know when you say uh, I would be called indigenous if I lived there, I was. Indigenous, I was with the land, with mm. uh, people, with a community. And I know it's how my father, grandfather, got me past my anger with my father and see what my life was supposed to be about. Yeah. So you probably can rewire some stuff mm. just by uh, managing. Well, I don't know. I've said, I've said what I said. You got what I said. And it's uh, a love of you and what I think your work is in the world that I'm speaking you. to. Mm. You may yeah. decide you don't, don't want to post this or not. Either way, it's okay with no, me. It's, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I don't know. Um, Transplant. I might be able to change my brain chemistry through the miracles of contemporary science, but um, but that doesn't change my habits, right? <laughs> and my way of being in the world, which is um, still non-competitive, and right, it's still like not very much regard for how I'm, you know trying to optimally present myself to the world <laughs> I mean, that's come out of a pathology of lack of self-care for most of my life and i'm starting to care for myself now but that uh, yeah. but that that habit has not arrived yet the habit of um occluding the parts of myself <laughs> you know um yeah so well, I'm, that's I'm, I'm always happy to uh, man i've had that many public meltdowns you wouldn't believe um you know, over the last couple of years, as things got real dire, but um, yeah, yeah, no, I'll definitely post this up. I don't care. You'll come. Well, I do care because I do care. I post it. Yeah. yeah. And, Good. Uh, anyway, hey, we had some dead air back there, but I won't edit that out either. Because that, <laughs> that was that we were just looking in in our eyes. <laughs> yeah. 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 And. Uh, yeah, there's no such thing as dead air. Like no. air is an entity that suddenly becomes inanimate. <laughs> it doesn't have our voices crackling like static throughout the whole thing. Yeah. You know, like lightning. Like <laughs> Well, I, I love you, my friend. Yeah, I love you too, uh, honey. So That's our hour, eh? Yeah. And yeah. I'm very tired. You're losing so... your breath. Thanks for giving me this yeah. energy. 
this time You're of day. Welcome. Uh, yeah. Let's make it it's count good. in the world, huh? Yes. We're both of yeah. us and all we touch. All right. Yeah. Hugs. That's it. Well, my my hope is that I can get over to your country uh in good time to sit and hold your hand for a minute and uh tell you how I defeated my anger. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I yeah. would so much love that. That's that's my love dream. Right when there. you can. Yeah, yeah. All right, Annie. Love you. Bye bye. Oh. Love you.